Meets world. When it's meets world. Your boy meets world to fund cost. I am CJ. And I am Tony Coitus. What is up, bruh? Um, it is Friday. It is rainy in LA. So it's one of those like like smooth jazz evenings. Bro, totally. Hey, what's your rainy day movie? Oh, a rainy day movie. Honestly, I'm like just a I'm more of like a rainy day book person. That's me. Oh, okay. Okay. Like a nice, like, I'm not going to lie, audio book. I've I've made that pretty clear at this point in time, but like a nice audio book, like just chill. You know, I I spent a lot of time looking at the computer, so. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, we had quite a storm in LA the other night and my puppy baby mama, my fiance, um, she was out late for whatever, some odd reason. And so I was just home alone with my blanket and I started watching The Dark Knight. And I know it doesn't come to mind as a rainy day movie, but man, that movie just like was chicken noodle soup to my soul. That's just a perfect movie still, still. Um, I know we're going to talk about other things. I just wanted to... That was just a, a nice little moment I had to myself in the rain yesterday with all the windows open. It was great. <laughs> That's good. You know, you got to like it. Um, so you ready to talk about this episode? This episode? Yes, I am. I actually have a lot of questions for you about this episode. Um, just because one, I feel like I've seen it already. And two, um, there was a moment like midway through the episode where I was like, what? And so I'm excited to get into my oh, moment. Yeah, oh, I think you, I think we both are uh, aware of that. Okay, so um, let's just kind of start it off. Are we? I guess we go into the tell me about it. <clears throat> tell us about it. It's college recruitment day. Sean worries that he's too poor for the college Corey has in store. I like it. I like it. I love it when you put in effort. Uh, all right, so this is season five, episode three. It's not you, it's me. After Sean and Corey agrees to attend the same college, Sean learns Corey made interview plans on his own, and the two decide that it's time to go their separate ways. Meanwhile, Eric thinks befriending the dean will ease his and Jack's college experience. Um, I thought Jack's story was kind of pointless. If you want, we can just do them really fast or we can save them for later. But I, I don't really have much to say about that bullshit. Well, I think it's, to me, I think it like, not necessarily nothing. We talked about, like, not really knowing, you know, not really knowing who Jack is. And I think that they are giving us little hints, like he speaks Chinese. You know what I'm saying? Um, so. He speaks Chinese. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Okay. <laughs> uh, should we jump into the roll call real fast? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we can start off with, uh, what, like, I, I, I have people, but is there someone you wanted to start off with? You- yeah, the, I guess the main person I want to talk about is Dean Burke. Am I saying that right? Yep. I have Dean it, Bur- Dean it. Paul Gleason. Yeah. Paul Gleason, who Paul Gleason, if you're like uh, Generation Z, you probably don't know shit about Paul Gleason, but he was actually like such a stable for 80s movies. He was in Breakfast Club. He was in Trading Places. He was in Die Hard. He's just this face that I always remember seeing in a ton of movies from the 80s. And um, although he may not seem like a huge get, I, I have to imagine that the guy who was the actual principal from Breakfast Club being the hard ass dean for uh, Wilfred L uh, uh, must have been a cool experience. 
Absolutely. Um, it's it, it, in general. I think we've seen him in a few bit pieces, and he. I think he just plays authoritarian. Well, you know what I mean? Totally, totally. I'm trying to look at the next person. Um, but actually, we can save the rest of uh, Roll Call. When yeah, I don't do. really think there's much There's much left there. Like, one of the things I wrote down is that Eric, he has a learning disability. And I was like, you probably do. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Like, I'm so glad you brought that up. Likely. Because the thing that's really awesome about it is, uh, well, interesting, is while they're s- struggling to write this paper, which we later learn has literally no rules whatsoever, Eric says to Jack in kind of a, a joking way, like, oh, you know, my learning disability keeps me from from progressing or something like that. And he says it in a way that's just kind of a joke. And Jack's like, do you really have a learning disability? And Eric's like, it would make sense, right? I don't remember the exact thing he says, but he yeah. says something to the effect of it would, it would make sense for me too. And I just think that's really interesting because we never had a like anything about a learning disability brought up for Eric. And it would make a ton of sense for both him and Sean to have maybe some learning disability of sorts. So it would be more interesting if they had dived into that a little bit, you know, not even to like, like make it a struggle that he has to overcome, but maybe just even just say like, hey, you know, Eric has his learning disability and that's fine. You know, and not giving too much attention to it, just giving it some merit because I feel like there's probably a lot of people watching who have learning disabilities who would have probably felt a kinship to Eric had they flesh that out a little bit absolutely and you know we've mentioned this quite a few times in the past he's intelligent but just the way that he expresses his intelligence uh, may not be valued as traditional smarts especially as he gets older so the wise fool is what i think they call it I mean, I, again, I don't know how wise he is. Are we just s- finishing the Eric and Jack? Because I have some other things to add to that if we're just like on the yeah, Eric and Jack storyline. Do the Eric and Jack uh, storyline. I guess the one thing I want to say is that this is the first episode where Jack meets Feeny, and we kind of have like those world collidings in a way. And even though Jack's character isn't super fleshed out, we do learn a little bit about his background. But I think probably the most significant thing about this episode is the fact that he and Feeney meet for the first time and that Feeney and Eric establish a mentorship through Eric's college career. Even though Feeney's not teaching college yet, he is still kind of like going above and beyond for Eric in that mentorship role. Yeah, no, no. I even liked the way that Feeney kind of ripped him a little bit uh, when we were talking about the going trip to China or whatever. He's like, you got pictures? Then you got nothing, you know, it's like, it's just that and he seemed to automatically um, see that this kid needed help or, you know what I'm saying? It's like Feeney gave him the same attention that he would have if it was Sean or someone else, which absolutely, yeah. always when it's television, that's what they're scripted to do. But it also is very telling of like how they feel the Feeney character treats Eric and his friends. Did you ever have someone in college that you could go to and just be like, hey, I need an extension on a paper and they were like, good for it? Like, I feel like that's kind of an unrealistic like relationship with a dean. I don't know that a dean is the person who would administer extensions. That's what I was going to say. I was The only thing that I was questioning is like, why would you go to the dean and not your teacher? I mean, I think they just, uh, it's one of those things where Boy Meets World likes to have dual roles so your teacher is your principal is your yeah. guidance counselor is like there's all of these roles that all are being the hats they wear feeny in high school and it's like no there should be more than one teacher <laughs> so for me with eric he kind of learned something that i learned a long time ago uh, that 
if we want to go back to which we haven't used in a while white man logic which is that you yes. don't need to be good at this job you don't need to do it you need to actually work all you need to do is make friends with the boss get in once you have that signature once you have their cosign then it's just easy sailing <laughs> and i thought that yeah was- because what Eric's logic is, is not like, hey, I'm going to form this relationship to get an extension on this paper. I'm going to form a relationship so that I never have to do work again. Because in Eric's world, he believes that forming a relationship with the right person will keep him from having to do work. It's a it's a very interesting <laughs> thing to unpack. Why would a good looking white man believe that all he needs to do is make friends in order to find success? With another older white man. <laughs> Where would you get that idea? Yeah, it's interesting. That's hilarious. Did you have much more? Like, that was honestly the things that I wanted My to My last say. thing is uh, Jack randomly speaks Chinese at the end of the episode. And it, it wouldn't be random if Jack went to China for his summer vacation. But we find out he did not go to China for a summer vacation. So it was just interesting because I think there's one or two episodes of Boy Meets World where Sean will randomly speak French for whatever reason. Yes. Like, there's yes. no reason for him to know French, but he will just speak french and um i maybe this is like a hunter thing where you can just pull out languages whenever you're in a bind to get you out of something that feels like something that they inherited from chat i was gonna say if there's one person i believe is teaching his kids how to not necessarily con but definitely get over uh, <laughs> in different languages i believe that's something chat would do Oh my goodness. Um, but other than that, I don't really have much to say. I'm actually a little disappointed with the BF, B storyline. Um, there was no marriage at any point with the A storyline where it felt like, you know, the characters are the writers felt like there was some cohesiveness. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I don't have anything. It's, it's, it was fun to learn a little bit more and it was fun to see Eric like um, kind of, really show the anxieties that come like i like the idea of the storyline of hey you're new to school and maybe maybe that is the threat now that i even am talking it out it's anxiety of of that big change that marries very well into what i want to talk about which i think is the meat and potatoes of this episode which is sean's anxiety about Corey moving on without him we talked about this in the last episode, and I think that mm-hmm. it, again, just it's reinforced with the idea of, to him, to Sean, people always leave. You can't rely on anyone. You can't rely on consistency. I think there's a line where he's like, no emotions, no feelings, no one gets hurt. And I was like, that is what this is about. And they bring it up, and they do it so well, but it's also like, oh, you guys don't. You like you you miss the mark because instead of like actually talking it out, which don't get me wrong, in a lot of episodes it's like show don't tell. But with something like this, it's like no, we need you to kind of like identify what's going on, just like you did with um, Eric and the anxiety. We need you to identify the fact that what Sean's really dealing with is abandonment issues, and Corey is the one constant in his life. And he kind of relied or anticipated that Corey would always be the one constant in his life. And the mere fact or the mere idea that Corey may leave him is what we're dealing with. That's what we're seeing play out. Okay. I'm so glad you felt this way because I felt the exact same way. The first thing I wrote here is Corey is his only the only consistent person in his life. So, I mean, that's, that's something that we saw 
uh, right away is that it, it only makes sense for Sean to act out in this particular circumstance. Um, the one thing I wish that the show had actually done with this storyline, though, was kind of instead of continue to make a joke about the codependency between Sean and Corey, like actually like get down to the meat and potatoes of it and understand that like, sometimes you don't go to college with the people you go to your friends with your whole life. And sometimes you do have to make other friends and like Sean's reaction of I'm never going to get close to anybody is a, is a bad way to react to Corey going to a college he can't get into, but Corey looping in Lionel as some kind of throwaway friend to make Sean jealous is just as toxic. And so there's just a lot of things that instead of having this flashback episode, which I think was more for being cute and yeah. TGIF commercials than anything else. Um, I wish they would have kind of talked about their codependency instead of like enforcing it. Well, so, I mean, A, that probably would have been healthier. Maybe I would have a better identity about what friendships uh, should be. And, and it would have took me years to realize that I myself was codependent. But no, I think that, again, as someone who grew up codependent and who grew up with, like, one best friend and we have to do everything together and you moving on means that I'm being left behind uh, kind of thinking um, it definitely would have been helpful to have them have like a serious discussion. Like, you know, make this into one of those Boy Meets World special episodes where it's like, yo, just like we're dealing with Corey and Sean again, but I always need you to know that I am here for you. I'm family. I, even if I move across country, it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm abandoning you. Um, and that's what this needed. I, don't get me wrong. The flashback is fun. It's fun, but also it leads to a whole bunch of inconsistencies. And you know how we feel about that. But totally. uh, ultimately, it is cool to like get some kind of origin story. It's always a fun sitcom thing to do. But I think what you and I are saying is the B storyline or even the time with Lionel or all this other stuff could have addressed the issues instead of playing it for comedy. Totally. And Sean, at the end of the episode, says something to the effect of like, we'll always be friends no matter what school you go to. But that resolution feels empty because they never addressed the major issues that caused them to feel that way to begin with. And because they haven't addressed the root issue, it just feels like this is unresolved unresolved for the audience anyway well it is we know it comes back because again they didn't get at the core of the issue because they didn't get at the core of the issue it's just something that is like this episode was a band-aid to a uh, a bullet wound and eventually there will be an explosive moment where all these things come to head because um yeah they haven't really addressed the fact that not only is Sean kind of codependent and relies on Corey for all of his like security needs, but Corey himself is a little dismissive of the weight of that responsibility. Like not saying that it's that he should have that responsibility, but saying that if you do have it and you play into it, you should understand what you're doing. And yeah, it's, it's, I would say justifiable to judge Corey for not having at least a conversation with Sean about these colleges that he was applying to. Like, no, it's not Corey's responsibility to limit his potential to Sean's potential, which is what Sean is asking him to do in a very unhealthy way. 
But Corey should understand that Sean is expecting, due to this like childhood promise, that they go to the same school. So if that's the case, Corey should be open and be like, hey, I'm applying to this school, I'm applying to that school, at the very minimum. Um, so yeah, well, there's like, just, So what's funny I, about that is, is the moment Sean started to invest in his own future and be like, yo, maybe you have safety schools. I'm going to have safety friendships. I'm going to like expand and not be so relying on one person to make me feel like I have safety or community or whatever. Like, don't get me wrong. It was reactionary, but it's still Sean being like, okay, I need to set myself up for the future. And the moment he does that, Corey's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How dare you? And it's like, no, you guys are doing the same thing. You're hedging your bets. You're trying to do what's best for you. And at the moment, Sean doesn't see himself as like capable of attending college, which is what you should be encouraging. Being like, you can join me. You, why don't you apply? Those are things that that can happen. And and kind of the, the problem with, again, that Boy Meets World is not recognizing is that both Sean and Corey are willing to use people to make the other person jealous. That's something that's just never brought up as an issue. That's never something they have to confront or take ownership of. It's just left out there. Um, And the fact that like at no point does Topanga or even Feeney suggests like, hey, you guys making other friends is probably a good thing in general. Like it it might be nice not to just have one person in case you guys don't go to college. And um, the other thing was that you brought up that I thought I, I kind of agreed when I was watching the episode was that Corey should be encouraging Sean to go to any college. Any college that Sean can get into is like something you should encourage and support and the focus being on them getting into the same school, I really wish Corey himself would have flipped the, the conversation to say, bro, let's just worry about like getting you into a school, like any school that you can or get into. Honestly, like, why not go for Stanford or whatever? It's just like, yeah, yeah why not? Like, like you still have time, turn it around. If you want to join me, let's do some, you know, let's see, let's see what we can do to get you on the same page. You know, that's what, there, that's one of the things. It's like, why are you limiting his dreams and his future? Well, maybe Sean's future is limited because he comes from a class where to dream of going to a school like Stanford is considered a fairy tale sometimes. And like, we're not even talking about the fact that Sean is limiting his future based on the preconceived condition that he's from a trailer park so that he can't get into the same school as Corey. Like there's a lot going on with Sean's insecurities right now. And like, again, all of it's not being addressed. It's, it's the most frustrating thing. Yeah, very much. And I I agree with you. That's kind of one of the things that I love and hate about this episode. It's like, you get a lot of that codependency and of course, Sean and Corey being like a couple and all this other stuff. But I think that what television does very often is it doesn't get to the root of an issue. It just like presents it to you, especially in this 30 minute sitcom format. And instead, what we really need to address is codependency, insecurity, planning for your future, as you said, expanding friendships, and all of those things are like brought up. Um, But instead, we would rather make jokes that two guys hugging is gay. (laughs) Um, Before we get into that, I have a question for you, which is, did you consider anyone else when you were applying for colleges? So it's funny you say that. 
when I applied for college, I like looking back on it, I did it completely wrong, which is that I had places that I wanted to go. I had places like on my list, but at the end of the day, and I think it was more so just because like, you know, you're a student and you're head down and you're just like, oh, no, no, no. I applied, like I got into a few places, but I applied or I went with the one school that like was a guaranteed shot and I didn't even like look at anything else because I was like it's right there it's easy sure let's just get it done and now that I'm older I was like man I should have went to like UCA sorry UCLA or like some other I didn't think about college in anything other than get the degree you know what I mean like I didn't think about the college experience or any of the other things that you're actually that I've learned college is more about a hundred percent um I like Corey uh limited my college options based on my high school girlfriend, um, which was the dumbest thing I could have possibly ever done. But I know I'm not the only person who's done made that <laughs> stupid ass choice too. Um, Do you know how, and, like, there's like a meme that addresses that where it's like, my boyfriend, it's either my boyfriend or my girlfriend, but like my partner gave up going to John Hopkins just to be with me one more year. And like, as we're older, we're like, that is stupid. It's like, so like, stupid. That is, that is so stupid, <laughs> which is why 18-year-olds shouldn't be required to make a lifelong decision this way. Like, <laughs> 100%, bro. And it's it's frustrating because like you, like now that I'm older, I really wish that I had looked into, especially like an HBCU in like a really serious way, instead of kind of dismissing it as a non-option because you know how black schools are non-options in the early aughts. Um, I mean, like, so- no, that's, that's something that should be addressed. It's not like it was, it was just... If you were like my sister who went to an HBCU, she's constantly talking about how even as a graduate, people always told her that they like you wouldn't have fine success. There was nothing that could come of it. It was like going to um, a trade school or something like that. And of course, we completely disagree with that reasoning. And I don't think anyone should feel that way about HBCUs, especially now that we have a vice president um, who went to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, we can't all just get amnesia and pretend like we weren't making it harder or telling children that going to an HBCU, uh, especially children of color, that going to an HBCU was um, going to hinder them in some way. Well, and I hate to go too off topic here, but when we were going to school in the 90s and the early aughts and whatever, the whole goal was to succeed in a white man's world. And you can't do that going to a black college. I mean, <laughs> was the, is, the mindset. That was exactly what you were told. And, you know, like, I love one of the things that um, at now that we're older and we're looking back on things, there's a huge um, social um, media, not campaign, but like trend of like pointing out that there were all these black sitcoms that heavily promoted HBCUs and like look at any sitcom from the 90s and they're all like Morehouse or Bethune or whatever. And I'm like, I did, I missed that. But again, I missed that because it wasn't like, it just wasn't on the same level as Yale, which is I, which I was always told about. This is why I'm saying it's more important. It's like, you don't just need to show it. You need to show it and explain it. And that's what this kind of like bringing it back. If you want, if you want to segue yeah. back to the episode, that's exactly what I, I have with this episode is that, yeah, you could see it. It shows it. 
as I get older, I understand the context, but when you're dealing with a kid's show, especially when you're doing something like um, something that is supposed to be training you for the future, you kind of need to spell it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I want to throw in here, just as a little fun trivia fact, Sean got upset because Corey had an interview set up with Stanford, and Stanford's ultimately where Ben Savage would go to school and graduate from. Oh, really? Yeah, he's an alumni of Stanford University. So I don't know if they threw that in there because maybe there was talks behind, on set of him wanting to go to Stanford one day, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, maybe he really did apply. And they were like, you know, like a lot of the time, storylines just come from like the castmaners themselves doing something. They're like, oh, that, that'd be really interesting. Oh, so let's talk about the gay panic in this episode. Oh my gosh, bro. Okay, so that's kind of like my main bro moment of this whole thing is not only are the writers leaning into a joke that they played into heavily in the season four, episode 11, An Affair to Forget, in which Sean is dating a girl that doesn't like Corey, so they have to have the secret relationship back and forth, and they play into it as if they're dating, quote unquote. Like, they, that's the joke of it. It's like they're a couple. We revisit that joke again here, but it's also filled with all this gay panic brought on by Alan mostly, but later confirmed by Topanga. What the fuck is going on, TP? Like reinforced. Like, to be fair, Topanga is the one who does it the most throughout the episode. Yeah. And I was like, so it's it's funny because what they're, it's the episode's giving dual messaging. It's giving that it's funny that these two are so close, but also it's okay that these two are, so close but also people will judge you if you're going to be this close i mean i think like the thing that she says the most is at the end is uh most telling which is like your boys and it's like they're boys who are hugging because they came to a resolution and they care about each other and they talked it out in a semi-mature way what, well, like, I mean, <laughs> are boys not supposed to do that? Like, are, are boys not supposed to embrace their friends with affection? Are they not supposed to build lifelong bonds? Like, what what is the whole your boys? What does it mean? <laughs> and the kitchen scene is such a fine example of 90s parenting, where you have a kid who's legitimately like heartbroken that he's going through a fight with his best friend. And instead of like trying to comfort him, his father insinuates that he may be gay by asking his mother, hey, when he and Topanga kiss, he's he enjoys it, right? As if that's something Amy would even fucking know. Well, it's just also, so weird. What's also do doing is that's complete by erasure. Like, I mean, you're saying that because he's interested in Topanga, there's no way there could be any sexual totally. attraction totally. to Sean. Like this, what, 17 year, 18, 17 year old boy whose hormones are going everywhere. You're going to say that there's, because he's kissing a girl, that's where it ends. They never have to worry again. And it's like, no, I mean, what you should be doing is, as you said earlier, as a parent questioning, hey, can I help you with anything? Is this anything that you want to talk about? Um, observing and making sure that at least he is dealing with things in a semi-healthy way or giving him the tools to navigate these feelings, even if you think he's gay, and like, okay, you know what? I'm like, you work this out, but here are some materials. But don't just be like, he's not gay, is he? Because his friendship with Sean, that has been a lifelong friendship that you have completely been aware of this entire time. 
now you're questioning it. And I think you're only questioning it because they're of a certain age. And again, it's like this idea that men are supposed to age out of caring about each other. Well, I guess the also really disappointing thing about this episode is that there's been a ton of times where Boy Meets World has acknowledged homosexuality without making a joke of it. And this was the first episode where it felt like they were making a joke of it in a judgmental way. Whereas in the past, you know, they've made little hints about Frankie maybe having some gay tendencies. They've made, you know, little jokes here and there, but it was never with a judgmental attitude. And this episode's the first episode where you see that. And so the fact that we didn't even have to have this episode, because like I said, I feel like I've seen it already with an affair to forget. And that it was kind of filled with this little gay panic was just one of those things where I was just like, oh, I don't necessarily know that this episode would even hits me in a certain way so i i disagree i'm not saying that we didn't need it i'm saying that um one of the things that i was thinking to myself earlier today on a interpersonal uh level but also that i think is important is when you are in any kind of relationship be it friends or work or uh partners um you have the same fights over and over again they are all like it's like like the the, whatever you argued about the very first time that's going to be your argument if it's hey i feel abandoned and you're not acknowledging um how much i feel i need you that's going to be something that is comes up again and again and again um and it's not that you can't solve it it's that it's going to show its face in different avenues so the first time it was when um they started dating other people and that is a different part of sharing your yeah but now it's work and future and like it's always going to come whenever there's an opportunity for you two to split off um that that panic is going to come up for Sean. That's going to be a trigger. And I think that that's one of the things that I think um, would have been helpful. Again, again, we are talking about it in 2021 uh, understanding. So they wouldn't have never even gone back to triggers and, uh, you know, therapy. And anything no, like not that. at all. But the fact that the most like, quote unquote, woke person on the show Topanga is the one kind of like leaning into these you know, really archaic understanding of male relationships. It just seems unlike her character even, not just like unlike the times, because she seems like someone who was always like really progressive in that regard. So for her to kind of make comments in that way was was strange. Well, you know how like the moment Topanga became, uh, I'll say visually appealing in the show, they really had her lose a lot of that social justice warrior that we were getting all the time like and that's not to say that she's she's not allowed to share change her interest it's just to say that i blame the writers and not necessarily like the character you know what i mean it's like i believe totally. that any character would exactly what you just said be like hey wait a minute let me examine this or you know this is unconventional intimacy and i think that that's great i feel like season one topanga would have done that or you know jebediah would have taught her jebediah has some kind of close friendship that he embraces and and has shown her it's okay for men to to care about each other but now that we're older and we're dealing with sexuality um, and it's the 90s, it's a lot of let's just keep her the hot chick. It's really disappointing. And I, I think ultimately, like when I think about episodes like this, um, I feel like they they 
do play into this a little bit in the future. And I feel like Friends did it a little bit with Joey and Chandler. I just feel like ultimately it's a very damaging portrayal of male friendships because what it does is that it leans into and contributes to this idea that men can't be vulnerable or intimate with each other without it being perceived as gay. Even if it's for the humor of a show, um, those ideas are ultimately deemed homosexual, which is just the most ridiculous concept in the world. And so like, even though like people always think about Corey and Sean having this great friendship, it's, it has, they have to acknowledge these, these archaic boundaries in order for that friendship to be perceived as, you know, uh, redeemable in some way, which is just uh, disappointing. To give it credit, it like, it does this sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. Like this episode, it was really, this episode, it was really like, hey, they're straight, you know, like it it, it really wanted to reinforce that. But um, in fact, they actually have to bring a kiss, Corey, just to like prove that they're not gay. He actually still kisses women. Um, but <laughs> in later episodes, I can just think of like an episode where it's like they're in bed together. And that's just it's just a fact. It's not stated on. It's not critiqued. It's not what are you doing here? It's just a fact. Sean climbs into bed with Corey. They eat pancakes together. And that's just something they do together, you know, like yeah. because the audience has understood or has the background of the uh level of closeness that this is and I, I i just wanted to say that this episode definitely failed on that point but the series itself has shown that sometimes they're just they're just close friends you know exactly which i think is why this episode kind of stands out because it doesn't go along with what we typically have it, uh, learned to expect with boy meets world so it's just a, it's a yeah you want to wrap it up uh one thing i will just say is that we had the return of the leather jackets when uh, sean got cool friends all of them were wearing leather jackets because in boy meets world world if you're wearing a leather jacket you're cool and i just think that i love that i michael jacobs has this fonzarelli idea of what coolness is um and i also reminded me i wanted to call out the other there are three people who i want to call out really quickly who is Corey Pandos, who plays young Corey, Glenn Bob Sweet, who plays young Sean, Rosario Gru, who played young Topanga, um, which again, like, it's just, it was, this casting was weird, because I was like, you look nothing like any of them. Um, Like, I was like, maybe they just chose the kids who could get the diction down, like, I don't know. Um, But it was very weird casting, as you said, Sean has like a leather jacket from the beginning. (laughs) like what is this um cory telling him that his friend says that he's in a trailer so he shouldn't be friends with him which like, makes oh my gosh can we just talk about that real fast that like sean constantly has this insecurity about his class being the thing that breaks him and cory up but ultimately it stems from like real life trauma that cory probably never took ownership of yeah, the, the very first time I introduced myself to you, you said I can't be friends with you, you're poor. <laughs> and it wasn't until I did something for you, like when I saved you and, and showed that I was- I proved my life. worth to you that you deemed me worth your time. Like, which what is, the hell? Again, that totally explains why Sean would probably be like, oh, whenever whenever I stop showing worth to you, you'll disregard. So Wow. Um, so that, and then also <laughs> there is Matt, Kirkwood who is titled as chubby and we're like 
like it's the guy who says catfight um during during the chubby scene and i was like he this is not chubby i guess this is (laughs) is this chubby jr i will accept that but this is not this is not chubby we know what chubby is supposed to look like and the idea that he would even be credited as chubby really bothers me it's so interesting too that like with how often we go to chubbies they didn't just cast like a consistent person to be chubby he's just like this never present you know sometimes they do that and it's like what you're right why couldn't you just keep one person on retainer like like a gunther so to speak totally the show needed a gunther and they missed the shot um one thing i just want to say real fast is that i thought the boys comedic chemistry was really on point this episode um especially that scene where they finally do talk in feeny's office uh sean walks in he's like feeny i heard you had an academic achievement (laughs) award for me (laughs) and it just made me crack up laughing and the boys really just every now and then they have so much fun with their like humor and i am consistently impressed with how the kids can go from dramatic to to comedic and that was just a a moment that made me laugh yeah i mean even the the lionel um who i don't know if we called out during our roll call lionel's played by seth miller even the lionel moment where they go to um sean's party and you know they're having that breakup scene and they're just calling it quits at this point in time and sean's just like hey just like if you go to if you play basketball make sure you have water you know it's like it goes from like this intense anger to like really caring about him and like, (laughs) like you would just like and don't you ever eat uh what is it cheesecake in uh Paramus Mall or something like that. I don't know yes. what it is. All uh, of that whole conversation felt like something I would see in like a New Girl episode. Like it felt absolutely. like absolutely, and that, that's what I'm saying. But I also like. I think I don't know for sure, but I feel like Boy Meets World is the early example, the earliest example of this that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. And every TV show since has kind of built off of it. And maybe I'm giving it too much credit, but I will say that like when I think of Scrubs and Turks and JD or. Um, Nick and Schmidt or like any of the shows I think psych yeah psych I think all of them have like an origin or at least they definitely like the audiences were primed for them due to Boy Meets World and this kind of like we are really close friends it's not an odd couple type situation it's a we are we grew up together we have this bond you are the closest thing to a spouse I have while I'm single. And then when I get a spouse, you're the closest thing outside. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, definitely, you know what? I, I will say this. I feel like maybe we are giving the show too much credit. And I want our listeners to know that I, I do agree with CJ when I say the show invented bromance, but I think when we say that you have to think about the modern definition of bromance. Yes, there have been two best friends in shows prior to this, but best friends who are vulnerable with each other, who can be intimate with each other, who go through both hard times and humorous times, like even on like, you know, I, I, I use Joey and Chandler as an example, just because it's the same time period, but like they never went through like truly heavy shit. You know what I mean? Like at some point Sean's dad dies in the season, like they go through heavy shit 
shit together. And so it, it's just not anything that I can recall that you can recall. So if you're listening to this and you can recall like a f- true television bromance with the highs and lows and like true like discussions about like vulnerabilities and insecurities, um, please let us know because I, I mean, even on like the Wonder Years, which Ben's brother, Fred stars in, he has a close best friend. I don't, I th- I don't think there's any conversations as deep as the ones that Corey and Sean has. So I do well, think that is unique about the well, show. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it was it treated Sean. Sean was the love interest of this um of of this series, really. And that but love comes in many forms and you know like i think that's why the, if i'm being honest i think that when whenever you see the crew it's Corey, sean and topanga and the the real reason is it's Corey and sean's story but we had to throw a female in there so it wasn't like just promoting homosexuality there was a gay <laughs> panic going on because honestly when we look at it it is Corey. like every this entire series is built off of Corey and sean's relationship and, and no joke we haven't also had any like story storyline heavily involving topanga since the long walk to Pittsburgh episode the last time we had any story involving topanga at all was that whole thing about Corey maybe making out with another girl during that college visit but she's hardly in that episode too like we don't she's a part of the show but you're right like she's not the Corey and Topanga we know like that hasn't happened yet like the whole Lauren storyline that happens later in the season really establishes Topanga and gives her her own like episodes and fleshes her out a lot more as a teenage adult um, a young adult but so far we haven't had anything with her because you're right the focus has been on these three boys constantly and and again I think that that is I think that that was kind of like the thesis of the show, um, especially as it started to develop, is this Corey and Sean chemistry. What is it like when the most important person in your life is another man? And what does that look like in a healthy way and in a respectable way? Um, And again, I think for me, like we always talk about representation um, and I say that it's like important to show it and not explain several times but one of the things that I will admit is as a gay man it was very great for me to see an example of two friends that could be intimate with each other and not be sexual and I say that because I had male friends who I was really really close with and who I cared a lot about and I needed them to understand and I wanted and they wanted me to understand that we could be close it's completely possible it's not this foreign thing um it's it's real to have intimacy within uh male friendships um and it not be more than and not have to cross any sexual bounds, if I'm making any sense. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think that we're kind of both walking away with the same feeling, which is just that this was something that uh, we wish they would have just handled a little bit more responsibly, because even though it's just kind of all in jest, there are kind of big um, statements they're making about what a heterosexual relationship can look like. Um, that is just a little out of date. So. Okay. Um, I feel like it's time to wrap it up. We did your bra yep. moment. Uh, do you have a Feeny taught me? Um, Feeny taught me that you should have more than one friend. 
Hmm. That's what you're taking away from this. <laughs> my my main takeaway is that, yeah, you need more than one friend. That codependency is unhealthy in any relationship, and just to depend on one person for everything can be toxic. And this is a perfect example of that. Well, my Feeny Tommy is to address anxiety um, and call it by its name. I think that yeah. both with Eric and with uh, the Corey and Sean. Um, storyline this was really about hey we need to discuss what's going on here i mean like there are lots of comedic antics that we can get into to go around it but in reality what you really need to do is address the problem okay uh great what grade are you giving this i'm giving this a c plus that's exactly what i'm giving it i love it we're in sync with like this the last few it's episodes. not a good episode like there's so many better episodes to look forward to and this in all of it i feel like might end up being the worst of the season like it's just uh whatever so it's so funny i actually enjoyed the episode but when i really thought about it i was like I also, besides the flashback scene, will forget about this episode. Like, I, I, like as much as I wanted to defend it, I was like, does this just ever be? Immediately, I was like, you will not remember this episode come tomorrow. <laughs> and like, it would be so much more significant if the result was Sean going, you know what? I'm going to try to get into the best school that mm -hmm. I can and hopefully we can like end up in the same way. But it didn't even have that resolve of like Sean being like, I'm really going to try to go to a good college. It just had the, you know what? we're gonna be friends no matter what which is just again it felt like there was unresolved tension so you're right and yeah. i think it's really funny because what you and i have done i think it's also like the movie makeover pod that we've done <laughs> very often there's like one line of dialogue that would save the episode just like <laughs> one line and you're like and we would be good but because it doesn't it has all the pieces but because it doesn't put them together the way that it does or or it needs to or it doesn't include that one line that would really um i guess nail the uh, god i don't know put the, the hammer to the nail i don't know <laughs> what, yes. what <laughs> uh, you guys know what i mean but anyway um that's that's what makes it a c plus episode uh, we do have a great Feeny call in this episode. I do want to point that out. I don't know that we've had a Feeny call in a while. So, uh, you know, it gets a little points for that, I guess. But yeah, absolutely. That's where the plus comes from. Okay. So um, that being said, um, let's talk about homework. What do you got? What do I got? Okay, so um, I randomly saw this movie on Netflix that legit was blew my mind. I don't know if I had too many edibles before I saw it. I don't know what the situation <laughs> was, but this movie was like, uh, what the fuck did I just watch? And me and my fiance had a good like two hour conversation about this movie. Um, it's called What Happened to Monday. It's on Netflix. I don't know if you've oh, seen this. I've seen it. I've seen it. Bro, this movie, um, just for the audience that's listening, you can find it on Netflix. It's about, uh, here's the IMDb summary of it. In a world where families are limited to one child due to overpopulation, a set of identical subtuplets, there's seven yeah, of them. Septuplets or something like that. Septuplets must avoid... Uh, being put in a long sleep by the government and dangerous infighting while investigating the disappearance of one of their own. It, it's a crazy ass movie. And if you have time, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it um, just because it raises, I love when sci-fi tackles ethical questions and um, the whole idea of overpopulation, you know, even in China, we saw this one child rule arise. Um, tackling that uh, was in a sci-fi way was really interesting to me. So I highly recommend it. 
I've seen that movie. I will tell you, I called it immediately. Like I called the ending out oh, immediately. But totally. how we got there, I, I will say was totally worth the journey. And I, I did enjoy myself. So um, yeah, even if you, I'll say that, even if you catch the, even if you saw the ending immediately, uh, still watch it because it's worth the ride. Okay. Um, for me, I have, I, I, was I feel conflicted because I wish I was sharing this on a better episode, but for my homework this week, I'm gonna go with WandaVision. Um, I I don't know if any have you seen it? I have not, no. Oh my god, it is it's good. I'm if you're a huge fan of television, you should really like this uh series. It's Marvel's first uh Disney Plus series, and it is it's it's great. I love, I think the acting nails what they're going for. I love a good mystery. I know for some people they're like, what's going on? It's like, if you like, you, you can get what's going on. <laughs> and if you can't just go for the ride. I mean, for here's, me, a, here's a question. I am not someone who's completely caught up on um, the Marvel movies. I actually don't even know who Wanda is or who the two main characters are really. Um, is that going to be an issue? Um, Yes and no. It's one of those things to where, to be honest, it it should not hinder you from watching it and enjoying it right off the bat. Even if you don't know who the main character is, just go into it. I think what hinders people is that they know that there's more um, to it. So it's like it feels like you're picking up um, the fourth book in a series but only because you know there are other books. It 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 works just as well if you were to watch it right off the bat because it's a standalone. It's a, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a standalone story and you can figure you can go along with the mystery. Yeah, but that is my homework. I feel like it's totally worth uh checking out. I think that you'll enjoy it. Um and again, I think anyone who's a fan of especially like TV land or like classic sitcoms, you'll get you'll get what they were going for and uh you'll have a good time. Okay, um, so thank you guys for listening to Bro Meets World. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all the places. Uh, reach out to us at Bro Meets World or email us at bromeetsworld at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at I am not your Oreo and TC. Find me on Instagram at a break for me. You can also find the both of us uh, reviewing movies on our podcast, Movie Makeover, uh, where we'll have um, a bunch of episodes coming out throughout the next few weeks. So definitely check that out. All right. Uh, remember to dream, try, and do good. Later, bros. Later, bro. When the spawn meets world.